This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Here we go, America. So the Supreme Court just announced it has set April arguments over whether President Trump has immunity for official acts after he left office. Of course, the media with their propaganda set it up differently. Now, I've been the one voice, I think, who has said that his argument is both rational and necessary. And if I'm wrong and he's wrong, that means that Joe Biden can and should be prosecuted for his violations of the Espionage Act when he was senator, vice president, and in the private sector, depending on the statute of limitations. Because a Republican administration, should President Trump win, would have the power then to say, uh, we appreciate your report, Special Counselor Herr, but we don't agree. And since we have a slam-duck case on scores of felonies committed by Joe Biden when he was not President of the United States, so there are no declassification issues of any kind, we will now indict you. Now, of course, the same can be on the civil side, but the court wanted to take up the issue of the criminal side. And on the civil side, the same circuit has ruled that, yes, police officers can sue Donald Trump, claiming that he somehow is the basis for any injuries they reserved, even though he's not been charged with any violence, insurrection, or sedition. The court didn't care. So what does that mean? 
that means that the families of people who've been murdered, as in Georgia and elsewhere, raped, lost their property or otherwise, personal or physical beings have been affected, will be free to sue Joe Biden personally. Personally. Here's how the Associated Press wrote it. Supreme Court sets April arguments over whether Trump could be prosecuted for election interference. See that phrase? Election interference. Election interference. They've already decided he's guilty of election interference. Not challenging an election. Not fighting an election. Election interference. So in their headline, they've already convicted him of a felony. But that's the Associated Press that accompanied Hamas in the slaughter of October 7th. The justice's order maintains a hold on preparations for a trial focused on Trump's effort to overturn his election loss. There they go again. The court will hold arguments in late April with a decision likely no later than the end of June. All this propaganda by the press by the phony former federal prosecutors, by the phony law professors and all the rest, are intended to put enormous pressure on Supreme Court justices. That's the goal now. But even with a timetable that is much faster than usual, the court action calls into question whether a trial for Trump, assuming the justice denies immunity, it could be scheduled and concluded prior to the November election. See, this isn't about justice. It's never been about justice. Even the way the media write about it. It's, come on, can we get this done before the election? For God's sakes, stop with the Constitution. Stop with due process. We've already decided he's guilty. We'll go through the motions, but let's get, let's get this phony, fake, fraudulent process underway. Trump's lawyers have sought to put off a trial until after the voting. Well, of course they have. By taking up the legally untested question now, and the only reason that it's a legally untested question It's because Jack Smith and the Department of Justice at the direction of Joe Biden are taking legally preposterous positions, pushing us into these constitutional areas where we've never been before. Let's see. The court said in an unsigned statement, it will consider, quote, here's the issue. Whether and if so, to what extent does a former president enjoy presidential immunity from criminal prosecution for conduct alleged to involve official acts during his tenure in office? I would urge the Supreme Court justices to look at the charges against this president related to January 6th. Look at the charges. Look at the stretch. The Klan Act. The Enron Act, which now the court has also taken up to look at, and a Federal Contractor Act, essentially, those are the three laws. And so we should now turn the Constitution inside out to allow the Biden regime and a rogue prosecutor who former Attorney General Mises said has been appointed in violation of the Appointments Clause of the Constitution so they can succeed at what they're doing. This would open a door to future prosecutions one can only imagine. Oh, I'll get to Mitch McConnell. Don't worry. 
Supreme Court has previously held that presidents are immune from civil liability for official acts. And Trump's lawyers have for months argued that protection should be extended to criminal prosecution as well. Okay, first of all, for over half a century, it's been the position of the Department of Justice under both parties, all attorneys general, all of them, that she cannot prosecute a sitting president. But after he's president, can you prosecute him for the official acts he's taken if there's an allegation made against him of criminality? That's the issue. And what will that do to an immunity when a president is president? Of course, it'll undercut it horrendously. And it will affect the way that a president operates. And for some judge or justice to say, well, then follow the law, follow the rule. That's not the issue. The issue is retribution. The issue is what's happening today. The effort to take Donald Trump off the campaign trail to interfere with the election, to interfere with the Republican primary selection process, to interfere with the general election at the behest of the party opposite and the candidate he's running against. We don't need, you know, hypotheticals. We've got reality. It's right in front of us. Lower courts have so far rejected Trump's novel claim. It's a novel claim. It's a novel prosecution. And the lower courts are all filled with Democrats. This is the Associated Depress, the Hamas-supporting participants in October 7, Associated Depressed. A panel of appellate judges in Washington ruled earlier February that U.S. District Court Tanya Chunkin, she's appointed by Obama. Two out of the three judges on the panel were appointed by Biden who had presided over the election interference trial, was right to say that the case could proceed and that Trump can be prosecuted for actions undertaken while in the White House. The issue reached the high court because the appeals court refused to grant the delay that Trump has sought. The issue reached the high court because the panel refused to allow typical due processes to proceed where a claimant can appeal and seek the full court, not just three judges on a panel of the court, to hear the case. He was denied that. The case is separate from the high court's consideration of Trump's appeal to remain on the presidential ballot. Just look at what's going on. The effort to take him off the ballot. Now the court heard that. The effort to prosecute him for acts, not sedition, not insurrection, not violence, But the Klan Act, among others, the Enron Act, which has no place in this whatsoever, and a federal contractor act. Basically, that's why that law was passed. He's not even charged, I would argue, with serious, substantive, related criminal offenses. They keep talking here about it's interference with the election, interference and insurrection, sedition. He's not charged with insurrection and sedition. The High Court will also hear an appeal in April from one of the more than 1,200 people charged in the Capitol riot. The case could upend a charge prosecutors have brought against more than 300 people, including Trump. Now, what's that? What's that? It's the same district, D.C. court. 
with one of the same judges appointed by Biden who took the Enron Act aimed at corporate destruction of documents. Corporate. Applied it to January 6th as the only handle they could they can concoct to charge these people with obstruction. So again, rewriting the Enron Act. And that is one of the two charges, excuse me, two of the four charges against Donald Trump on January 6th. The Klan Act, this so-called obstruction issue, and other. So we should turn the Constitution inside out. To accommodate a rogue prosecutor and all these Obama-Biden judges. Of course, the Associated Press would never print it the way I explain it. But the way I explain it is accurate. We've got a lot to cover this evening in in a way that only I can cover it. I want to talk to you in a moment about this idea of the so-called uncommitted Democrat vote and how the media are literally covering up the Islamist influence in Arab and Muslim communities across this country, especially in Michigan, by talking passively about what's taking place. The uncommitted vote was led by Rashida Talib. I posted on this this morning. Rashida Talib is a Jew-hating, terrorist-supporting member of Congress with Palestinian heritage. Her parents came here from the Palestinian territory. She has voted against condemning Hamas. She has voted present when it came to the rape and the brutality and the sadistic conduct of the terrorists. She voted present. She's leading this effort. When you listen to what imams are saying in Dearborn, Michigan and other parts of our country, all throughout California, and you have to actually go to places like memory.org and others to get the information, you will not find it on CNN. You will not find it on MSNBC. In fact, you won't find it anywhere but here. If I raise it. This uncommitted, they keep saying, wow, that's a lot of uncommitted. Why are there a lot of uncommitted votes? Well, obviously, it's not all. Islamists. It's also some people that go to young people in colleges and universities. But this is the drive. The Rashida Talib Hamas wing of the Democrat Party. They're not demanding a ceasefire for a ceasefire. They are demanding the complete abandonment of the state of Israel. They are demanding the obliteration of the state of Israel. That is what they are demanding. And they are now here in force in large numbers in different states, with enormous amount of backing from countries like Qatar, from organizations like Hamas. They're here, they're in our face, they're influencing our elections, and right now, they are blackmailing the Democrats and Biden. You either support our position, our anti-Semitic, radical, Jew-hating, 
Israel-hating position, or we are going to defeat you, because now we are in the base of the Democrat Party. That's the truth. Those are the facts. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. I promise you, I will get to McConnell. But it is hilarious watching the Democrat Party media and the Republican rhino establishment mourn that he'll be stepping aside come November long overdue, praising him with the Supreme Court, but for him we wouldn't have these members of the Supreme Court. That's such a lie. One of the greatest leaders of all time, another lie. Borders open, a spendaholic, never a Reaganite, always a Ford Bush guy. So let's stop playing games, rewriting his history. The reason the Democrat Party media and the Republican rhino establishment media love the guy is the reason we don't. Um, In many ways, he ran the Senate and the Republican side like a mobster, like a political mobster. And those days are over. And that smoke-filled room, I don't know if they're smoking cigars, cigarettes, or marijuana, that smoke-filled room produced very little the reason we have the Supreme Court we have today is actually thanks to Harry Reid a disgusting character let me put it that way who caused a reaction because of all his filibustering activities I hate to say what McConnell did is the same thing that Trent Lott would have done that Bob Dole would have done that Everett Dirksen would have done, that Hugh Scott would have done. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, 
a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. You know, for some people it's difficult. We're in this business. Do I discuss an issue that may not be really hot right now, but is very, very important for the future? Or do I play with the hot button issues to drive up my ratings? I don't see this as a choice. You treat your audience with respect. You don't play your audience. You don't play games. You have a blessing, a privilege, but be behind a microphone or in front of a TV camera. You don't need a conga line of guests. If you're superficial or surface level and you're just too weak to carry the show. You don't need to play games. Just talk to your fellow Americans. Red-blooded Americans who want to know what the hell's going on. And that's how I treat you. Like friends. Like smart people. Like patriots. And so you keep seeing the media reporting about this uncommitted Democrat vote that they're worried about in Michigan. Uncommitted. And they go on and on and they tell you this is the Arab... American vote. And they go on with people like James Carville, who honestly, I thought he was dead, but apparently still alive. No offense. Um, and he's out there. And he's telling Biden, you've got to abandon Netanyahu. You can't let him lose the election for you because we've got to embrace these people. What people? Through all of what's taken place since October 7th, All of the attacks on our own country, all the attacks on Israel, all the anti-Semitism, River to the Sea, the professors, the administrators, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, all of it, all the hate. This is why they will not tell you what they mean by people who live in Dearborn, Michigan, and other parts of Michigan, and other parts of the country, who are supporting this uncommitted movement within the Democrat Party, uncommitted. And it's led by, among others, Rashida Tlaib. It was a well-known, unequivocal, out-of-the-closet, Jew-hating, terrorist-supporting monster. So as I posted this morning, the so-called uncommitted Democrats are largely Arab Muslim Democrats, that's what the media tell us, who are demanding that the Biden regime not only abandon Israel, but turn on Israel, which is exactly what Biden is doing in hopes of not losing battleground states like Michigan. You know what he did yesterday? Came out this morning. 
They're now investigating the Israeli company that makes parts for the Iron Dome, which is Israel's main system for knocking out Hamas, Hezbollah missiles, Houthi missiles, built and paid for by Iran and the United States through Biden. Because they're building these parts, apparently, in areas and on lands that the United States has decided is illegal. Got that, Mr. Producer? They're literally trying to sabotage and destroy Israel's ability now to defend itself from missiles fired from throughout the Middle East by terrorist states and terrorist operations and organizations. And they're bending to pressure by this blackmail effort by the Islamists in this country, which is a growing population in this country, not just in our colleges and universities, but in in our communities. And there's no assimilation into the American culture. When you go to memory.org, listen to what many of these imams are saying. Listen to what the mayor of Dearborn is saying. Listen to what Talib is saying and Omar is saying. This is a pressure campaign, I wrote, that is working. But for these so-called uncommitted Democrats, they'll never be satisfied. The fact is that they and their pressure campaign are not receiving the kind of media focus and exposure that they deserve. That is, who are these people? Where are they from? What do they want? Oh, a ceasefire. No, that's not what they want. It is part of an effort in our colleges and universities and the so-called street protests that are filled with Jew hatred and anti-Semitism and, by the way, anti-Christianity. I'm going to talk about that on my Fox show Saturday. Christian nationalism. Now they have a new phrase. But that's what this uncommitted vote is all about. But even our friends in the media, they don't explain it. They're just talking. It's a very surface, very surface, because they don't want to explain it. There's a great piece out there. Um, How Arab Regimes Are Infiltrating the West by Joshua Hoffman. And uh, Mr. Producer, can you please, because in my printing it, I lost it. Can you please give me the citation for this so I can give it to the American people if they want to check it out? And they talk about Qatar and how Qatar is behind much of what's going on in the United States with the Islamists, how Qatar has funded and supported terrorists overseas. And if I give you a list of the people, Democrats and Republicans, who've received money directly and indirectly from Qatar, your jaw would hit the floor. Futureofjewish.com. The United States is the most powerful country in the world, while Qatar is a tiny Middle Eastern desert state with less than half a million citizens. Why then have Americans been unable to successfully convince Qatar to sway Hamas to release the remaining 130 hostages, six of whom are actually American citizens? 
Despite the Qataris billing themselves as the Middle East's honest broker, we do not need to spend too much time demonstrating that Qatar is a suspect country which bribed its way to hosting the 2022 FIFA, FIFA World Cup, and has been accused of practicing modern-day slavery. Money is money, and if the Qataris can pay off FIFA and pay off their officials to bring the world's biggest sporting event to their quasi-country, who else might they be able to financially influence? First, let's take a look at a few facts. Qatar is the top foreign donor to American universities, quote-unquote gifting nearly $4 billion since 2001, much of which was illegally undisclosed, in addition to writing checks to top U.S. high schools, lobbying groups, politicians, journalists, businesses, public relations firms, and Washington, D.C.'s most influential think tanks, which produce policy papers, host forums, and organize private briefings for U.S. senior government officials that typically align with the donors' agendas. That is how ensconced and ubiquitous the Qatari terrorist dirty money is in America. Peter Schweitzer read, wrote this fantastic book about communist China. Communist China and Qatar, number one and number two. And by the way, any host in radio and TV that doesn't bring Peter Schweitzer on to discuss this book is a disgrace. Because the American people need to hear. Meet the press, where are you? Face the nation, where are you? Where are these people? For example, in 2013, Qatar agreed to make a $14.8 million four-year donation to the Brookings Institution, which has helped fund a Brookings affiliate in Qatar and a project on the United States' relations with the Islamic world. If a member of Congress is using the Brookings reports, they should be aware. They're not getting the full story. They may not be getting a false story, but they're not getting the full story, said Salim Ali, who served as a visiting fellow at the Brookings Doha Center in Qatar, and who said he had been told during his job interview that he could not take positions critical of the Qatari government in papers. Qatar and the United Arab Emirates at UAE have been especially aggressive in their giving to think tanks, with Qatar arguing that Muslim Brotherhood-style political Islam is the Arab world's best hope for democracy. Yet Hamas terrorists are merely freedom fighters. Please tell us more. Qatar also hosts the largest American military base in the Middle East, in large part because the Qataris agreed to invest $1 billion to help America build it in 1996, a deal linked by then-U.S. President Bill Clinton. The Saudis and Emiratis have since offered to move the American military base to their countries. But two years ago, Joe Biden mysteriously announced that Qatar would be designated, quote, a major non-NATO ally, a classification shared by a, shared by a select few countries, including Israel. And he signed a 10-year extension. This is Blinken. This is Mali. These are the self-haters. These are the Marxists. This is the historically anti-American and anti-Semitic State Department. And it was Barack Obama's U.S. presidency that facilitated Qatar's rise to prominence. Surprise, surprise. Both Obama and Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, shifted the priorities in America's Middle East policy, disassociating themselves from their traditional ally in Saudi Arabia for a new anchor in this region. 
They stayed their choice on Qatar. Why? Well, foreign actors have given millions of dollars to U.S. presidents, but disclosure of these contributions, some of which were made while the presidents were still in office, only came after the fact. For example, the William J. Clinton Library and Massage Parlor, as Rush would call it, provided a list of its top 150 donors to congressional investigators during the Rich scandal in early 2001. The identities of other donors, including the governments of Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Kuwait, and Qatar, emerged in media reports only after the Clintons left the White House. The Clinton Foundation all accepted a $1 million gift from Qatar while Hillary Clinton was serving as U.S. Secretary of State without informing the State Department. Asked whether Qatar was funding a specific program at the foundation, a foundation spokesman said the country supported the organization's, quote, overall humanitarian work, even though the Qataris are one of the worst violators of human rights. One of the worst. During Obama's presidency, he coddled and courted Qatar, the funder of ISIS and Hamas, modern nihilistic death cults dedicated to the killing of Christians, gays, and Jews. Starting circa 2013, Obama... And his second Secretary of State, John Kerry, spent 18 months pushing relentlessly for an Israeli-Palestinian peace deal. See? Same damn thing. They came up empty-handed and claimed that there was no trust, despite Obama being presented with a golden opportunity. For the first time, the Israel-Egypt-Saudi-Palestinian Authority nexus emerged in a joint call to eradicate the terror group. We had a meeting of interest that should have opened a window of opportunity to push Obama's peace plan forward and confirm his Nobel Prize, they said, wrote Communist Michael Eisenberg. But Obama did not push that and instead got behind Hamas' right to exist. Hamas's right to exist and to keep its arsenal intact. More curiously, he sent Kerry off to Cavort with the Qatari and Turkish foreign ministers in Paris. This befuddled many incensed all Israeli ministers, and so forth. After all, Obama was a very young second-term president. He was not wealthy, and he needed a job for the next 30, 40 years following his presidential tenure, similar to former U.S. President Jimmy Carter. Although he denies its scope and bias, Carter has been significantly funded by Arab countries. You will also recall that Carter was the one who pushed for Hamas's inclusion in the Gaza elections. Would it shock you to find out that the funders of Obama's presidential library, his early consulting customers, and the funders for his institute were the wealthy, oil-rich Qataris? They could also give him a media platform called Al Jazeera to continue pontificating from teleprompters. The Qataris have endless money, not to mention global aspirations. Sounds like a conspiracy? Well, here's the Washington Post in 2015. Qatar's real estate investment arm decided in 2010 to pump $650 million into Center City, becoming the main owner of the $1 billion project on the site of the district's old convention center in northwest Washington, D.C. Qatar had never invested in D.C. real estate before, and its spending spree didn't stop there. The Qataris also invested in Chicago, where the Al Fossil Group last year bought the Radisson Blue Aqua Hotel. This year, that is 2015, Qatar bought Current TV for a half a billion dollars, hired 800 journalists, launched Al Jazeera in America, vastly expanding the TV news operations presence in the United States. Remember this with Al Gore? 
Now, with the two areas Qatar invested, D.C. and Chicago, Obama's de facto hometown where he was a senator, and current TV was owned by Al Gore, who served as Biden, uh, Clinton's vice president. So while Hillary Clinton did not challenge Obama on the ISIS and Hamas funding, their source in Qatar because they were getting money in their library. This goes on and on and on. If you read this article, which we will post, and if you read Peter Schweitzer's book about communist China, you will understand what the hell's going on in this country. The uncommitted vote. This is a Qatari, Iranian, Hamas-related, or supporting, or sympathetic group of now American citizens. And their numbers are growing. And they have power within the Democrat Party. And they are now throwing down and telling Biden, you either abandon Israel, you either support us, river to the sea, or we will vote uncommitted. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. When we were asleep at the wheel, people came into the country, they poured into the culture, now they have an impact on everything from the media to Hollywood, and of course, in the Democrat Party. This is their home. This is president of the U.S. Palestinian Council, Professor John DeBeet, D-A-B-E-E-T. In this group, Memory, again, M-E-M-R-I dot org. Forget about the rest of the media when it comes to this. Uh, February 24th, a few days ago, an interview with the Palestona TV that the Palestinian and Arab communities in the U.S. have decided not to vote for Biden in the coming election. He said that these groups will focus on helping candidates in the Democratic Party who are fighting this administration. He is professor in the business department. He's the business department chair and distinguished fellow of economics and statistics at Muscatine Community College in Muscatine, Iowa. He said, we want there to be a massive turnout in the elections by our people. Who talks like this? And our community. Do I ever say there needs to be a massive turnout by Jews, Mr. Producer? 
in order to get our friends who support us into Congress. In the Democratic Party, these are the people who are fighting this administration, which is biased towards the Zionist entity. You won't even say Israel. We need to support them in order to keep them in Congress, and we should also support the new candidates running in the elections in order to get them in. So we will have more supporters in Congress. As for the presidential elections, it's a done deal. We, the Palestinian and Arab communities, have decided not to vote for President Biden in the November elections. And, of course, the Democrats are scared to death. They've created this as part of their base through their immigration system, through their student visa system, through their oppress, oppressor, racist ideology. And now we have people in the country in growing numbers. We're trying to influence our foreign policy in a way that undermines the United States. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, it's official, America. The Biden doctor, who's a political hack in many respects, has determined that Joe Biden is fit for office. He's got a little bit of arthritis in his hip that's gotten worse that explains his walking issues, Mr. Produce. Did you know that? Guy walks like he has a uh, stick up his ass, but it's got to be the uh, arthritis. You understand. Am I allowed to say that, Mr. Producer? Arthritis, I mean. Am I allowed to use that word? So, little border. So, Joe Biden today is blaming the Republicans. He takes responsibility for nothing. The question is is America going to be fooled by this buffoon, by this incredibly dangerous man? The Democrat Party is not a typical political party, as I've explained over and over on the air, here, elsewhere, and in the Democrat Party hates America. The Democrat Party needs to be viewed through the lens of an autocratic party. That is, it's more than happy to lie, to use propaganda, to censor, which is what it's done. To create devils, like character assassinating specific individuals who are the most effective in challenging them and standing up to them. Free speech and academic freedom are shrinking. The police state is growing. Monitoring and spying on citizens is out of control. The government is banning and regulating more and more household products from incandescent light bulbs to dishwashers. Why does that matter? Because the government that has the power to tell you what kind of light bulb you can have is a government that has endless, unlimited power. Crime is out of control on our streets, public transportation, and schools. While police budgets are slashed and many prosecutors and judges coddle violent criminals, our borders are wide open to millions of foreigners who seek entry into the country as drug 
and criminal cartels ship killer drugs into our country and killers into our country. We have slavery on the southern border like never before. We haven't had so much slavery in the United States and America since before the end of the Civil War. It's the same damn party. Democrat Party seeks to permanently control our governmental institutions just as it dominates our cultural entities. From the media to academia, from entertainment to science, it seeks to delegitimize and eviscerate the Constitution, including the Bill of Rights, the Electoral College, the Supreme Court, separation of powers, which obstructs its ideological designs. It abuses the rule of law by targeting its political opponents for harassment, investigation, and prosecution. Poor Donald Trump. They're stealing his property right from under him before he can even get an appeal. They're desperately trying to convict him and even imprison him before the general election. What kind of a country has this become? It's the country of the Democrat Party. That's right. On October 30, 2008, when Barack Obama shouted to a crowd that we are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America, he wasn't kidding. On May 14, 2008, when Michelle Obama pronounced that we are going to have to change our conversation, we're going to have to change our traditions, our history, we're going to have to move into a difficult place as a nation, she meant it. And the Obamas are not alone among Democrat Party apparatchiks in their contempt for our country. In fact, it is the rare top Democrat Party politician who regularly praises America and is sincere about it. They mostly trash talk the country and smear millions of its people. The examples are too numerous to catalog, but it is a party that is built on the demands and propaganda of revolutionaries, demagogues, malcontents, and has a horrifying history of supporting the most contemptible causes, including slavery, segregation, the Ku Klux Klan, eugenics, and even lynchings. None of that is the history of the Republican Party. Indeed, almost from the start, almost from the start, yes, the Democrat Party rejected the principles and values of the American experiment. And today it is the home of another anti-American movement. That's right. It's American Marxism with its various ideological appendages. The Democrat Party ruling class, elites and activists are united in this revolution. They're united in it. From chapter one of the Democrat Party hates America. And apparently, you know who else hates America? Certain Republicans. Certain Republicans who hate the core conservative base, today it's called MAGA, before that it was called the Tea Party, before that it was called the Reagan Revolution, they hate us. The pages of the Wall Street Journal, they hate us. How dare we challenge Mitch McConnell, the greatest leader in American history. I think I heard Hugh Hewitt just say that. Hugh, I love Hugh. You know, he's a dear friend. He's been a family friend, but he has his head in the wrong place. It's got to be getting uncomfortable, but no. Don't you know, ladies and gentlemen, but for Mitch McConnell, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court wouldn't have all these Republicans on it. Excuse me? 
That's right, Mitch, on his own. How about the border? How about the debt? How about the military? What did Mitch do for those? Mitch McConnell, they said, the last man standing of the Reagan traditional conservatives. Mitch McConnell never supported Reagan. He supported Ford over Reagan, and he worked in the Ford administration. He supported Bush over Reagan. What do you mean, Mitch McConnell? Now they try and dumb down the Reagan legacy in order to pretend that Reagan was McConnell, that Reagan was Bush, that Reagan was Karl Rove. He was none of them. None of them. Neither was Lincoln. Neither was Coolidge. The arsonist in the White House has set the country on fire and the world on fire. And Mitch McConnell did damn little about it. And he will do everything he can to sabotage Trump, who hired his wife to be the head of the Transportation Department. Why? Because that's what McConnell wanted. Why did he want her to head this Transportation Department? Well, read Peter Schweitzer's book. Because of that family's involvement with the Communist Chinese in the freight industry. I want to encourage every conservative on TV and radio, every independent website and news site to have Schweitzer on their programs, to read his book, to talk about it. And those who don't, shame on them. Shame on them. Because meet the press, face the nation, the Today Show, Good Morning America, and all the other phony crap outlets and platforms out there, they're never going to have them on. So it's left to us. That includes all my brothers and sisters at Fox. That includes all my brothers and sisters in conservative talk radio. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, when we find tremendous candidates, I'd like to give them an opportunity to speak on this program because they're not going to get many other opportunities in the radical left Democrat Party media. We need to take the Senate. We need to take the Senate with solid people. And one of those is Dave McCormick. I've become very friendly with Dave McCormick, as have my family members. I feel like we know him very, very well. We saw him again at CPAC over the weekend, where he did a fantastic job, and he was interviewed by my stepson, David. He's just solid, common sense, and he's running against... 
Bob Casey, who got elected because his father was extremely popular in the state of Pennsylvania, and people keep thinking they're still voting for the father. But many of you have never heard of Bob Casey. Many people in Pennsylvania have never heard of Bob Casey, and many people don't even know what his voice sounds like, because he's a phony and a fraud. He just does what the Democrat Party tells him to do, and worse. And I've asked Dave McCormick to come on the program to tell us what's going on in this crucial Senate race, crucial, in Pennsylvania. And this guy, Bob Casey, Dave McCormick, how are you, my friend? Hey, Mark, how are you? Thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. So Bob Casey is not only utterly ineffective and incompetent, he's worse than that, isn't he? <laughs> it's, it's, it's truly scary, because if you looked at what he's done... In 18 years, you will not find a single piece of legislation where he has led. He has kept his head down. You know, I, I tease my, uh, my mom was born in Punxsutawney, and he kind of reminds me of Punxsutawney Phil. He, he comes out once every six years and uh, runs for re-election, but he, but he hasn't taken any leadership. But, but you would think, or you need to understand that, that that not taking leadership has been truly dangerous because he's voted – 98% of the time with Joe Biden, and he's embraced some of the most left, uh, progressive, crazy ideology that the Democrats have put forth. So when you look at uh, inflation and the wild spending out of control, $34 trillion of debt, you can thank Bob Casey. When you look at the wide open border uh, and the fact that Bob Casey has resisted any restrictions, any um, sending uh, felons back uh, to their countries, he's, he's resisted any of the steps that President Biden should have taken a long time ago, thank Bob Casey. When you think about crime uh, in Philadelphia, your hometown, which is raging out of control, you can thank Bob Casey, who was in favor of defunding the police and, uh, and after George Floyd, really made accusations about broad-scale racism in the, uh, in the uh, uniform in our, in our uh, law enforcement agencies. And when you look at the war, which I'm going to give a speech uh, tomorrow on this, Mark, when you look at the war on energy, there's one thing you could do to unlock the uh, economy of Pennsylvania, to really put Pennsylvania back where it should be as one of the leading economies in our, in our great country, mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of restrictions and regulations. You can thank Bob Casey. So he has been very detrimental to the people of Pennsylvania because he hasn't shown leadership, but he's voted for all the crazy uh, liberal ideologies that have taken us in the wrong direction. He has not been a leader in condemning Hamas and what's been taking place in the Middle East and the Biden administration now undermining the state of Israel. He's not been a leader in securing the border and all the illegal immigrants pouring into Pennsylvania, into the cities and the rural areas of Pennsylvania. The crime, uh, the the fact that that affects the labor market in that state. He's not been a leader on any issue of any kind. As you point out, he throws in with the left of the Democrat Party. But what about this issue with one of these hardcore Marxist leftists, I would call her, this Representative Summer Lee? What happened there? And who is she? It's a perfect example of the lack of moral clarity and moral leadership. Summer Lee is is a sitting congressman. She's associated with the squad. She has spewed anti-Semitic tropes, uh, has affiliated herself with uh, radicals that have, uh, have, have celebrated October 7th and the, and the horrible, barbaric tragedy that happened from terrorists on that day, killing um, innocent people in Israel. And, um, and she has been really the leader of, uh, of some of the worst things that our, our squad members of Congress had said, opposed to Israel. And Bob Casey endorsed her. 
Bob Casey endorsed her last time around, and he has not, despite some of the horrific things she said, he's not pulled back his endorsement. Uh, he's not held her to account. And most recently what happened, she was going to speak at this uh, organization, CARE, uh, which, as you know, is a radical uh, Muslim group where the leadership, this isn't some uh, person affiliated with this is it's the Hamas. leadership. Right. Hamas has spoken out in favor of Hamas, spoken out, uh, celebrating October 7th. Summer Lee is the keynote speaker. And so I see this, and I, I, among others, call out and say, this is, ab- Summer Lee should resign immediately, and Bob Casey should stand uh, tall with moral clarity. Of course, uh, finally, Summer Lee uh, withdraws from speaking. Bob Casey is 100% silent. And that's what you get with this guy. This is not someone who's going to stick his head up. When Liz McGill, uh, when, when the kids on Penn's campus were hiding in their rooms, the, the Jewish kids, because they had every right to be fearful of, of being harmed on the campus of Penn, uh, when Liz McGill testified, again, I was one of the first ones to say, get rid of Liz McGill. Bob Casey, silent. That's the kind of leader he is, which is no leader at all. So he's, he does two things. Number one, he's relatively silent. Number two, when he does speak up or act, he's hard left. He's more left than Fetterman now, isn't he? Yeah, this, and this is uh, remarkable because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, I probably disagree with 80% of what John, John Fetterman believes. But when John Fetterman speaks with moral clarity on Israel, which he has, I, I say, listen, this is bigger than Democrats and Republicans. This is about who's going to stand up and call out evil. And John Fetterman did. And John Fetterman, to my surprise, said the border is an absolute crisis and, uh, and has to be dealt with. That's exactly opposite of what Bob Casey's done. Bob Casey doesn't stand uh, up or stand out in any way. And that's why I'm going to beat him, Mark. And uh, you, you know me well enough to know I'm not a kind of guy that beats his chest and overpromises. But um, Pennsylvanians are ready for change. Eighty percent of them uh, believe the country's headed in the wrong direction. Seventy percent of the people that I've polled can't think of a single thing, not a single thing, that their three-term senator has done. They want leadership. They want change. And frankly, they're terrified. They're frightened that their country's flipping away. They're frightened that we have terrorists uh, that are not only attacking Israel but attacking American troops. They're terrified of uh, China rattling his saber, and they want common-sense leadership that's going to take the country back in the right direction. And that's why... I feel the momentum on the ground. That's why I feel lots of support, and that's why I'm going to beat this guy. Now, you did something that's rare. As an old Pennsylvania, I can tell you, the Pennsylvania Republican Party is all over the place. <laughs> I remember when Reagan was running in 76 and 80. I backed Reagan. They were backing everybody but Reagan. They said he couldn't win. Of course, he won on a landslide. But still, you've got these bedroom communities. You have mining communities. You've got oil communities. You've got all kinds of communities. You've united the entire Republican Party of Pennsylvania behind your candidacy. And I want to talk about how you did that. And I want to talk about, you know, that the Democrats will do everything they can to win in Pennsylvania. Some of the most important lawsuits that were raised with the court came out of Pennsylvania in 2020. Are you prepared to deal with this? We'll be right back. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, 
quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Welcome back, America. Talking to David McCormick, the Republican nominee, will be the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania has elected Republicans in the past. It's an uphill battle. The media is hard left. You got Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, two big cities and other cities. The suburbs, in many cases, have turned Democrat, but you still have strongholds, Republicans, strongholds, blue-collar Democrats uh, who support Republicans. And so Dave McCormick is traveling the state town by town, small towns, larger towns, Cities, whatever he has to do, it's, it's a significant state. Size may not be Montana, but it, it's a lot of work to get to all these different areas. So you united the Republican Party, and uh, you're going to have to be ready for all kinds of tricks by the governor and, you know, their boards of elections there and all the rest. So tell us about this. Well, it's, it's a, Pennsylvania is, um, as you say, it, it couldn't be more important because it's a battleground state that will likely determine the presidency, as, as you know. I think uh, both the President Trump's campaign and the Biden campaign would say Pennsylvania is cr- critical. And this is the seat for the Senate that could flip the majority. And so the stakes could not be higher. And, uh, and the reason that um, I'm going to build the coalition and win uh, this election is, is, number one, the first thing I told you, which is 80% of Pennsylvanians think the country's heading in the wrong direction. And so... I say on the campaign trail, wherever I go, and I go, as you said, to these small towns, I say, listen, if you want the status quo, I'm not your guy. If you want change, if you want somebody who's going to go to Washington and break some glass, if you want to get America back on track, I am your guy. And this is an election where people feel like they need change. Second, as you, as you said, the Republican Party is united. It's united around the idea that we need to win. And, uh, and I go from one part of the Commonwealth to the other, and I've got uh, the parties endorse me, the congressional delegations, so everybody from Scott Perry, who you know is uh, former chairman of the Freedom Caucus, to Brian Fitzpatrick, who's in Bucks County, across the political spectrum, have said, we got to win. And my argument to them is, hey, listen, um, you're not going to agree with everything I say. Nobody is. 80% is what you're going to probably agree with. And by the way, that's higher than my wife. I don't know about you, Mark, but 80% <laughs> is pretty good. And, uh, and so I believe I've united the party because they got to know me last time. We lost it tough election in 2022 uh, with Mehmet Oz, who beat me in the primary, lost to Fetterman. And people say they can't have a repeat of that. We've got to win. The third thing, as I said to you, is I've got an incredibly weak opponent. He's got the Casey name. I agree with that. My, my dad worked for his father. Um, his father was, was a leader. I didn't agree with a lot of his father said, but his father was a leader. Bob is not a leader, and people need leadership. And, uh, and because he's voted 98% of the time with Joe Biden... That's the best example of someone who's not an independent voice, someone who's not fighting for Pennsylvania. We've got to deal 
with the election fraud issues and the mail-in ballot issues. And uh, there's lots of great work to be done to close the gap on mail-in ballots, and, and, um, and there's an effort to do that, and the parties united around doing that. But there's also a need to make sure we do everything we can to make sure on Election Day we get a fair shake. We've got to have election observers. We've got to have legal teams deployed. We've got to have cameras overseeing lockboxes. There's a lot of work to be done now to enhance the integrity of the election, and that's, uh, that's my biggest fear. If I get a fair shake on Election Day and I run the kind of campaign I, I can run, I'm going to win. And I think we're going to win as Republicans up and down the ticket, and, uh, and it couldn't be more important for the country. You're a veteran. Tell, uh, tell America a little bit about that. Well, I was uh, I, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania, in Bloomsburg, and I you know I grew up playing football and wrestling in little towns like Shikalimi and Shikshini and North Schuylkill, and uh, bailed hay and trimmed Christmas tree. I, I had a great upbringing, and wrestling got me to West Point, and I was the co-captain of the wrestling team at West Point. I wrestled all four years, and then went to the 82nd Airborne Division, where I was a, a lieutenant, a, a platoon leader, and a, an executive officer for company. And the 82nd was the first unit to deploy to the Gulf for the first Gulf War. And so I spent almost a year over there, uh, was in the first wave of troops going into Iraq. And I got to see firsthand uh, American power in action. I got to see firsthand good decisions and bad decisions. I got to see firsthand how important it is that America have strength, economic strength, uh, military strength, but also how important it is that it use it carefully. And uh, we've seen some cases since then where it hasn't been used carefully. And it gave me a profound commitment to duty, honor, country, and, and service. And that's, uh, that's what I keep coming back to. Um, you know, I went, just to give you an example of this, I went to Israel. We've talked about this right after uh, Christmas. And I saw firsthand the barbarism that had happened with Hamas coming across the border, butchering communities, children, um, uh, you know, children watching their parents be killed, families burned, decapitations, just brutality. And I spent time with the IDF, and I watched uh, them and the operations they were doing in terms of rooting out the, the terrorists. And I have a better sense than most of how difficult that is, going building by building, street by street, room by room. And then imagine a whole city underneath that city uh, where you've got to root out these terrorists. And so I have an appreciation for what that takes. I have an appreciation for how important it is that we eradicate that evil. You can't live side by side 600 meters across the border from somebody who wants to slit your throat. But because of my experience, I, I can go there and actually weigh in on these issues with some credibility and come back and show the moral clarity that Bob Casey hasn't shown. And that's the kind of senator I'll be, uh, Mark. I don't, I don't want to be a senator for the hell of it. I don't want to be a senator to be a senator. I want to be a senator to change the direction of the country. It's only worth doing if there's real change coming, and that's, uh, that's the kind of leadership I would bring. And you bring all this business background, you bring the background of having served in a war, you bring all this to the fore, you're going to spend an enormous amount of your own money, you're spending an enormous amount of your time. You and your wife have, what, five children? Five daughters? Six, six daughters. <laughs> oh, my Lord, six daughters? Yeah, six people uh, say, isn't politics tough? And I said, listen, you, once you've lived with six teenage daughters, you oh know, there's God. not... <laughs> You've got some armor on. You've got some armor on. Yeah, listen, here's the way I think about it. Honestly, you've met my wife. My wife and I both, you know, started with with very little and both have had remarkable American dreams. You've had an American dream. We we are blessed to live in this great country and have everything it has to offer, and that's slipping away. And, And I couldn't live with myself if I didn't do my part. And so I'm putting all the chips on the table. My reputation, this is brutal. 
you get attacked all the time if you know complete lies are told about you. I'm putting my reputation, my family, my my. I'll put lots of money into the campaign because I think it's that important. I'm putting all the chips on the table because I think if we don't have people put their chips on the table, uh, we're gonna we're gonna lose our country, and that's it's it's that simple for me. And you know, I'm honored to do it. I'm honored to do it, and I feel uh, optimistic about our future if uh, if we can put some good folks in place. And I'd like to be one of them. Well, I'm proud to know you, and I want folks all over the country, especially in Pennsylvania, but all over the country. The United States Senate, as a group of senators, determines very much where this country is going to go. So we have to be involved in every one of these races. And Dave McCormick is one of the races that I have noted that we need to be involved in. You can go to DaveMcCormickPA.com. That's D-A-V-E-M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K-P-A.com. It's going to be on my social media. Again, DaveMcCormickPA.com. Anything you can do to help him, he's going to need. Because Schumer, some of the unions, the Democrat Party... They don't want to lose this seat, do they, Dave? They're coming. They're coming hard, and I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the fight. I'm ready to get America back on track. And uh, as always, honored to be on your show, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thanks uh, to your audience for listening in. Look forward to having you back. God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Thank you, sir. You take care of yourself. He's a very unique candidate, very special candidate for a state like Pennsylvania. And... uh, My experience in Pennsylvania is the Republican Party is never united. But here it is. They want that seat. It could be a great pickup. Can you imagine replacing this guy, Casey Holmes, none of you have ever heard of or heard from or know anything about? He's one of these under-the-radar senators who just votes hard left 99% of the time. We've got to replace a jerk like that. It's very, very important as far as I'm concerned. Biden and his party are doing everything possible to win this election, especially the crooked way. They give a massive increase to the bureaucracy trying to buy their loyalty. Doesn't cost much because most of it, not all of it, is loyal to them. But in exchange for that, what they've done is paid leave four hours on election day to vote. I don't know about you, Mr. Producer. It doesn't typically take me four hours to vote. And or four hours to work at the polls. Paid leave. Now think about that. In these battleground states, like the blue states, they want to get as many mail-in votes, unsigned, undated, as humanly possible. So they're working on that. They've changed the Supreme Court in states like Wisconsin, so if there's any litigation, we lose. Understand? This is happening all over the country as I speak. Of course, the media aren't going to report on it. And whatever the outcome is, as long as the Democrats win, they're going to say it's a perfect election. No fraud whatsoever. Because they build fraud into their laws. And they also make it impossible to discover the extent of it. They're pushing their their boxes out there to drop in ballots. Unsecured. It's just so outrageous. And showing up on election day, well, that's what Republicans do. And this is what you need to do, and some of you need to stop doing. We need to vote early. We need early voting. We need to take advantage of this. That's why we lost this seat in New York that we should have won. Because the Democrats banked 
like 60% of their votes before Election Day. And then what happened on Election Day, Mr. Bedusa? You were up there. You had a snowstorm. So the Republican turnout was less than it should have been. So we lost the seat. We can't keep doing this. I don't mind if you show up on Election Day and vote, but it doesn't hurt to vote early. It really doesn't. Not anymore. Unless we change the law, but we can't change the law unless we, unless we win. People say, what are we going to do about this? Well, you've got to take advantage of it. You've got to exploit what they exploit. It's perfectly legal. And if we beat them at their game, they're going to have to find another game. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. I found this on a local NBC 15 news site. Kamala Harris says government will pay college students to register voters. These people are sleazeballs through and through. Vice President Kamala Harris announced college students could soon earn money for registering other voters. Gee, I wonder who they're going to register. Students would receive the funds through work study. Work study, a federal program that pays most students wages while employed at a part-time job. And what do you know? They're going to get students to help register liberals. (coughs) Excuse me. We've been doing work to promote voter participation for students, Harris said. For example, we have under the Federal Work Study Program, we now allow students to get paid through Federal Work Study to register people and to be nonpartisan poll workers. You know, these Marxist bastards. As we know, this is important for a number of reasons. One, to engage our young leaders in this process and activate them in terms of their ability to strengthen our communities. Senator Bill Haggerty. Republican Tennessee said the idea of appropriating taxpayer funds for such a cause appears suspicious. Biden signed Executive Order 14019, ordering federal government to use taxpayer money to mobilize his voters, the senator wrote. Stephen M. has FOIA details at Stephen Miller, and I've sought them in Congress, but Biden is hiding them. Sounds like the election year plan is underway. Ladies and gentlemen. The corrupt media out there, they know this is going on. The Democrat Party is using your tax dollars to register more Democrats. They're using your tax dollars to give bureaucrats time off, not just to vote, but to work the precincts. They're trying to put the Republican soon-to-be nominee for president in prison. 
Illinois, minutes ago, removed Donald Trump from its ballot. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, as you might have heard, to some extent, there's a mayor in Athens, Clark County, Georgia. He's a leftist. He and they have declared their town a sanctuary city. Nobody actually ever voted on it. These, these radical leftists just make these declarations, and now the consequences are being felt by their citizens. They're being felt in Chicago. They're being felt in New York. They're being felt in L.A. They're being felt in every city, every town in America. Now, Joe Biden has blown up the entire immigration system. Our nation is in grave danger. Street crime. You don't even know who's going to hammer you one day. Children being molested. We have our own criminals in this country, homegrown. We don't need to import more of them. And many of these people are not coming for a better life. Some are, some aren't. But that's not even the basis for legal immigration. I want to come for a better life. That's not how it works. But the rest of them, nearly a half a million, these unknown gotaways. That is, nobody knows who they are. Venezuela has emptied its prisons. There's an enormous number of communist Chinese coming into this country. Why? Sort of a circuitous route to get to the United States, don't you think? This is just, this is how you destroy a country. And they're destroying it. They're destroying the country. And it's only one party. It's the Democrat Party. It's not the Republican Party. It's not conservatives. It's not MAGA. It's maggots. That is the Democrat Party Marxists. And let me tell you something. 
Aristotle said it best. I know he was a white man, but he was still quite brilliant. Immigration can be used, I paraphrase, as a way of creating regime change just as much as a violent revolution. The combination of the Marxists and the Islamists in our country, that's precisely what's taking place, and they're exploiting what Joe Biden has done. And he's trying to blame the Republicans. So pathetic. So ridiculous. Mayor Kelly Gertz of Athens, Clark County, Georgia, where this murder occurred, He's a leftist. They call it a sanctuary city. Sanctuary city for whom and for what? You know, the left, they just come up with these phrases and then everybody rallies around them. Ooh, a sanctuary city. How wonderful. So cool. Let's take a listen. People are at this at this weekly, I guess, mayor's event or this mayor's press conference, and they're disgusted. And you've seen it everywhere. You've seen it in this community. You've seen it in black neighborhoods in Chicago. You've seen it in white neighborhoods. You've seen it in all neighborhoods because Americans are united. American citizens are united. This is our country. It's our country. It's not the country people who choose to come in illegally. It's not their country. Cut 10, go. I've received many calls, many emails, many queries from the press in recent days about this notion of a sanctuary city. And so I want to lay some things to rest here today. This term sanctuary city doesn't have a sole legal or procedural definition. You can look in Georgia statute and you can find a clear definition for a unified government. You can look in contractual language and you can find out exactly what it means to be an SEC institution. Now, 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 Lakin Riley was just murdered. Listen to this guy. Listen to this buffoon. Go ahead. With either of those. And so that term means different things to different people, depending on the context of the discussion. Uh, we know many, what it means. many of the elements, liar. many of the elements, we're here to listen, we're here to listen, there will be time for questions. Many of the aspects that are ascribed to sanctuary cities we know what sanctuary are things means. that are disallowed by Georgia Stop law. It. Look how he talks down to people. Look how he talks down to people, these ideologues. Go ahead. And we contribute a document every year to the Georgia Department of Audits indicating. Listen that to we this do- guy. A beautiful young woman who is going to be a nurse, minding her own business, goes out for a jog on a jog path that many of these young people at this college use. And an illegal alien who had been before arrested and deported in his back, and he's back in New York because New York, as a result of their politicians there, has become a hellhole because these politicians are disgusting. 
They're worthless. They're worse than worthless. And so what does he do? Well, he heads over to Georgia. And just for kicks, he beats this young woman's brains in. We still don't know all the information. But he must have hit her so hard over the head and repeatedly. That quote-unquote, he disfigured her skull. Which means he broke it into tiny little pieces. Now I want you to think about an animal that does. Animals don't do that. I want you to think about a sadistic subhuman who does something like this to another human being. Just think about it. And over at CNN, they say, you know, these Republicans are exploiting this. And over at MSNBC, oh, this is only one person. Joe Biden won't even mention her name. These people are rotten to the core. Rotten to the core. And if you vote for them, you're voting for your own, your own destruction. You're voting for criminals. You're voting for illegal aliens. You're voting for Islamists. That's what you're doing. That's what they stand for. That's who they stand with, for God's sakes. And yet they still get millions of votes. God help us. Go ahead. Respond to these definitions under state law. Yes, you do. And no policies have been adopted Please by the mayor and commission that have created sanctuary city status in Sir, Athens. Just listen to this guy. Let's jump the cut 12, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. I want to say that we center our work in athens Clark County in people's humanity. And part of everybody's humanity is the expectation of human dignity. While 2019 was not that long Shut ago. Shut up, you a-hole. We don't need lectures about human dignity. We don't need lectures about citizenship. We don't need lectures about immigration from you radical left-wing bastard kooks. We, the American people, are, are a beneficent people. We go all over the world fighting wars, not for us, but for people who don't look like us, people who don't have the same culture as us, people who don't share the same faith as most of us do. All over the damn world, American blood is spilled from one end of the planet to the other. We don't need lectures from candy asses like you. You jerk. Listen to him rolling on with his bureaucratic BS. Go ahead. You might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people Oh, I who see. Now it's Trump's fault. Listen to this. Go ahead. And you had that notion metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. Charlottesville. I've played what he said in Charlottesville. I've read the text to you what he said in Charlottesville. How people like CNN, MSNBC, Jake Tapper, and the rest of them, Joy Reid, they lie and lie and lie over and over and over again about Charlottesville. Meanwhile... The former Klansman in the Oval Office, well, Mark, he wasn't a Klansman. Well, really? The Grand Kugel in West Virginia was a Klansman, and that was his mentor. Really? 
John Stennis from Mississippi, he was a racist segregationist. He was part of the filibuster of the 64 and 65 Civil Rights Acts. Joe Biden was his friend. James Eastland. Same thing. Joe Biden was his friend. George Wallace. Joe Biden was his friend. And they dare to keep twisting Trump's words. Trump was president for four years. He never did anything like Biden did to the black community. Never, ever. He never said anything about the black community the way Joe Biden did about not wanting to send his children into a jungle because he opposed the integration of our public schools. Let's get our history right. Don't let them rewrite our history. Don't let them rewrite Biden's history. And it's not just blacks. When Asian students at Harvard two years ago were being discriminated against, racially discriminated against by Harvard for their admissions. Why? Because as a group, they're very smart and too many were being we're, we're, we're eligible to be admitted to Harvard. What do they do? They put a quota on Asians. So the students took it upon themselves to sue Harvard and went to the Supreme Court. And you know what Biden did? He sent in his Department of Justice to take the side of the racists and the bigots and the segregationists at Harvard. And Harvard lost. And Biden lost. And Biden then attacked the Supreme Court. Something strange about this court, he says. It's a different kind of court. Something's wrong with this court. The court said, you can't discriminate against people like this. But Biden's used to it. He's used to it. Once he was a white supremacist, now he's the man of equity. Oh, yeah. Now he's the man of the black community. Before that, he was the man of the white community. Once he was the man of the Jewish community, now he's the man of the Islamist community. He wants the border open. Then he says it was closed. Then he says he had bipartisan legislation to fix the border that was already fixed. And now he's blaming Trump and the Republicans. This is friggin' insanity. That's what it is. And you're living through it. It's just a horrible, horrible thing what's happening to our country. Biden's blown up our border. He's blown up our economic system. Let me tell you something. This so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which was the biggest piece of socialist Marxist legislation in American history, trying to force certain types of cars on people, trying to destroy our air conditioning eight-fact system, trying to dictate to you what kind of washing machine you can have, dishwasher you can have, dryer you can have, ceiling fans you can have. Don't worry, Joe Biden's the man of democracy, don't you know? The man of democracy. They're using your tax dollars now to pay students to register Democrats. They're using your tax dollars to pay bureaucrats to man the polls on election day. This is a man who thumbed his nose at the Supreme Court that said, Joe, you don't have the constitutional power to forgive a trillion dollars in student loans. That's the power of the person belongs to Congress. He says, watch me. And the other day, he's bragging about it. He's bragging about it. 
No constitutional crisis. More and more evidence is coming out, even in the media, that deny what they're actually reporting. That Joe Biden is behind the January 6th prosecution. Joe Biden is behind the documents prosecution. The White House is behind the Georgia prosecution. And yet they say Donald Trump. Donald Trump is like Putin. We have a Putin in the Oval Office. That's what we have. As far as our media are concerned, you're worse than the Russian media. You're worse than the Communist Party media in China. You're worse than the Islamo-Nazi media in Tehran. And I'll tell you why you're worse. Because unlike that media, that's literally on the payroll of the government, and if they don't do that government bidding, they'll be shot in the back of the head, every damn one of them. You have a First Amendment. You are protected. Freedom of the press. And you've taken freedom of the press, and you've destroyed it. You've turned it inside out. You are mouthpieces for the police state. You are mouthpieces for big and centralized government. That's what the hell you are. Or you'd be yelling like me. But you're not. Instead, you're yelling at me. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. People come up to me and they say, Mark, you make me nervous. I say, why? Because when you get going like you just did, on TV or radio, I'm afraid you're going to have a heart attack. Well, you know what my cardiologist said about that, Mr. Producer? It's good for the heart. Gets the blood flowing, opens up the vessels. So tonight, I want to congratulate Hunter Biden. I want to congratulate him. He doesn't, you know, it doesn't get any sleazier than this guy. Paying women, sleeping with them, videoing them, a cokehead, a tax cheat. Cavorting with one enemy after another, shaking them down, using the father's name, setting up front corporations to run millions of dollars through. Sleeping with his deceased brother's wife. Joe was okay with that. Denying paternity over his daughter for a time until it became politically unpopular. This is who now the Democrat Party is defending. And they say, don't attack the children. Children? Guy's 50 years old. What do you mean don't attack the children? As they've been attacking Trump's children. As they've been attacking Lauren Boebert's son, who's gotten into trouble, 18 years old. They don't mind attacking children. We don't play this game. Hunter Biden is a sleazeball. He's a punk. He's a tax evader. Buying illegal drugs. These women, many of them in the sex trade. Oh, we found cocaine at the White House, but we cannot imagine who would leave it there. I've been to the White House under two presidents, one of whom I worked for for eight years. There ain't cocaine in the White House, for God's sakes. How much more of this crap are we going to put up with, America? That's my question. I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. 
Let me give you a little inside baseball here, <clears throat> just because it's on my mind. You know, there are different types of cutthroat businesses out there. This is one of them. People will do anything for a tenth of a point in ratings. Anything. They're so afraid of their own shadow. They're so afraid. They just live and die by this. Of course they're important. They're very important. I mean, I've got podcasts. We're on YouTube. We're on iHeart app. We're on the Mark Levin app. We're on live streaming on 300 different stations across the country. Plus, we have AM and FM radio, among other things. We've got satellite. There's really no way to miss this program if you want to listen to it. And through the years, you make friendships. Through the years, you help people and they help you. And that's what you ought to do. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not going to be here forever. I don't mean I'm dying tomorrow. I just mean one day there may be other things. Not right away, mind you. And in your own lives, whether it's at work, different charities or volunteer situations you're in, or even family members. The biggest gut punch you get, though, I think, <clears throat> in all this, Mr. Producer, and I think you would talk about your own situation this way, is when you believe somebody is loyal and a friend and all the rest, and they stab you in the back. Ever have that happen, Rich? Hasn't everybody? I know I have. Not often. Now and then. But you know, I'm very fortunate. I'm blessed. Why? Because of what Rush once told me. And Rush was a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. And it's Rush who got me started in this business. In the radio business. As F. Lee Levin, his legal director. That goes way back, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? He's a very generous man. And a very honorable man. <clears throat> On TV. You know who got me started in TV? I became a guest on many shows because it would help their ratings. But the first network was MSNBC, not Fox. Before MSNBC went nuts when they were trying to be a real news channel. But really the first person who actually reached out and wanted me to do a show, not just be a guest, but do a show, is and was Suzanne Scott, the current CEO of Fox. And also on radio, there's a program director, WABC, by the name of Phil Boyce. 
Phil Boyce wanted me to substitute for various hosts. He wanted me to do fill-ins. And he was a fantastic mentor. Still is today. He's a good friend. Wanted me to do a Sunday show for a couple hours, which I did for over a year. Then wanted me to do a one-hour show, turned into two hours. Then wanted to syndicate it. And also a gentleman, and I'll get to my point in a second, who was the vice president of the ABC Radio Network way back when, when ABC did such things by the name of Mitch Dolan. Mitch Dolan insisted on syndicating this show on the ABC network. Phil Boyce insisted that I do a radio show. And I got guidance all the time. I have my texts, emails, notes. Most people don't even know this from Rush. Now, he went to his house when he was doing his broadcast. But then, of course, Palm Beach County, being as mindful of free speech as anybody else, said, you can't do this from your house. So we had to get a studio. I went to a studio from time to time. Nobody knows this. To watch him. It's a lot of fun. Very good man. I wanted to mention this because people like this, and there are others too. There are others too, so don't get me wrong. But in your own lives, and this is my point, you come across people like this, right? Who want you to succeed. They get nothing out of it. Nothing. Except the satisfaction of knowing that they had a role in it. I try to do that myself with substitute hosts, with people who come up to me and talk to me from time to time. I still try to help people who want to come on my TV show to promote their books. I can't turn it into book notes. I can't turn it into a C-SPAN. But I try from time to time to help folks. Folks who have really good books, who are really good authors, so we don't diminish the content at all. One thing I don't do, and all my TV people will tell you this, and all my radio people, Mr. Producer has been with me from the beginning. And Rich, I love you like a brother. I never fight over guests. Ever. Because my show is not a guest-centric show. TV, radio, blaze, none of it. I can do the show all by myself. I just don't have the time. So I don't quibble over guests. I don't demand exclusivity. But when I do have guests, I treat them with respect. Because they're my guest. You're in my house. You're in the radio. You're on TV. I make no demands whatsoever. We have a discussion. I don't care who's gone first, who's gone second, who's gone that. None of that matters to me. 
Now, when you do a weekend show, <clears throat> you only have two shows. In my case, I used to have one, now I have two. So I only have anywhere from two to four guests. That's it. So you've got to be careful about the guests that you select. You can't have a conga line of people running through 20 people or whatever. Because guests don't carry my show. You tune in to my show, as Rush would say, to listen to me. And if there's a guest, my interview with a guest and what they have to say. So I'm polite, I let them finish. That's what I do. I do things a little differently. Now C-SPAN, Brian, uh, uh, what's his name, Mr. Brian Lamb, who I like, used to know, used to be sort of a quiet conservative. He has this guy, Glenn Kirshner on. Glenn Kirshner hasn't done anything profound in his life or his career. He's a former federal prosecutor like 50,000 other people. There's nothing exceptional about him. He's not a constitutional expert. He's a litigator for the government. That's great. But he's an MSNBC legal analyst. And what does that mean? It means he has to be a radical hack or he's not permitted on MSNBC. And so he's on with Brian Lamb, who oddly, seems to me, if Brian Lamb wants to play clips of me, Brian Lamb ought to ask me to come on his show, his podcast, instead of playing clips. But that, that's the way it goes. And of course, Brian <clears throat> doesn't play more of the cerebral things. But even when I get angry, it's cerebral. But here you go. This is an example of what I'm talking about. Cut one, go. I want to play for you. Uh, the probably the most outspoken other side of the issue, pro-Trump voice on radio and television that you'll hear. And he gets very excited and just gets your reaction to it. This is somebody I know you know of, Mark Levin. Let's mm -hmm. listen to Mark Levin for just a moment and see what you think. This attorney general who pretends he's Helen Keller, he made the decision to indict the former president, and they made the decision to interfere in this election. You want to talk about an insurrection? This is an insurrection. The idea that this man is, isn't under a criminal investigation and that they criminalized that damn document case to go after Donald Trump is sickening. And I would say this to our fellow Americans. Don't be bamboozled by these cable channels and these fools who come on and tell you, well, he's not above the law. Are you kidding me? Democrat attorney general in New York, Democrat prosecutor in Manhattan, Democrat prosecutor in Atlanta, Democrat attorney general in Washington, D.C. What do you mean he's not above the law? There is no law. What's going on here is a disgusting disgrace. It is war on Trump. It is war on the Republican Party, and it is a war on the Republic. Mark Levin, a really? lawyer. He's on radio every day. He's also on Fox News. Your reaction, Glenn Kirshner. Um, I disagree with Mark Levin. Um, you know, everybody is entitled to their opinion and their view. On this is the genius of the legal insight from this putz, who, by the way, has been invited to come on this program and deal with me directly, but won't respond. I thought he's a tough former federal prosecutor. Go ahead. The current state of affairs with respect to the four criminal prosecutions of Donald Trump, um, I, I would say 
there are lots of checks and balances in the system including grand jurors. Oh, and I, grand juries, that's right, in Washington, D.C., in Atlanta, Georgia, in Manhattan. Oh, yeah, lots of protections, right, Mr. Federal Prosecutor? No wonder you won't bring your candy ass on this program, you jerk. You weakling. Go ahead. Quality time in grand juries. I've had grand you juries. You know what? No- Shut up, you idiot. You want to come on this program? You want to debate me about the law and grand juries and the Constitution? Then do it. We reached out to you. You haven't even responded, you coward. Glenn Kirshner. Then he accuses me later of what? Feeding on people who are gullible, meaning you, fooling you. And our buddy James Trusty has this played to him for some reason. And here's what he says. Cut three, go. I'm sure you know Mark Levin. And when I talked to Glenn Kirshner, I ran a clip of him saying some very strong pro-Trump things and anti the other side. Here's a 30 seconds of Glenn Kirshner's reaction. Well, I'm told we have 30 seconds. We'll continue this after the break. But I want you to hear it. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Trusty is also a former federal prosecutor, brilliant man, friend of the program, good friend of mine. He's confronted with this audio played by Brian Lamp for some reason, and here's what Jim has to say. Cut three, go. Shockingly, we disagree. Um, I mean, look, he, you know, what I really hate to hear in that is kind of the, the, the cultural elitist component of, you know, he's just fooling the gullible. In other words, if you hate Trump, you're on the side of wisdom, and everybody else is being fooled by a snake oil salesman. And I will say this in terms of Mark Levin, who I have a lot of respect for and I do like. Uh, whatever you think about Mark Levin, it's genuine. I mean, he's not sitting there raising his voice and getting angry about the future of the Democratic Republic because he thinks it's fun. Uh, I, I think he's a very sincere person. You can disagree with the substance of what he says, but to like suggest that you know anyone on the other side is a snake oil salesman and all we're doing is fooling the dummies. Yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of elitism that got Trump elected. Thank you, Jim. I'm calling out Mr. Kirshner, whatever his name is, right here. Come on the program. Let's debate. Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. Former Federal Prosecutor, Mr. Genius, let's do it, bro. Why don't you answer my producer's email? (laughs) I want to salute all you heroes out there, both here and abroad. I want to salute you and my audience. God bless each and every one of you, the smartest audience of any audience. We'll be right back here tomorrow. God bless you and be safe.